0: and it's recording great uh welcome to another episode of the artistic director i'm sitting here with daniel sheldon daniel how are you doing
1: i'm doing good man it's a good good
0: day yeah it's it's been nice yeah how about yourself i'm doing great yeah i had a I uh, i had another interview earlier today i was in twin falls and okay. then i just drove over here um, and when I messaged you, I was sitting in a bar drinking a beer trying to schedule other things.
1: That's like 90% of what we do here yeah. in <laughs>
0: Um but, you, but, I mean, you literally, like, just messaged me, what, less than an hour ago? Like, yes, that's correct. Yeah, hey, do you want to just come do this, uh, this podcast? I was like, sure. Well, I mean, I, like, it was kind of, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we get it. We get it. <laughs> um, uh, so, Daniel, for the listener who is unfamiliar with you, uh, can you give a history of yourself in the theater performance realm that led you to being uh, the the I will say artistic director in podcast air quotes okay. uh, of the comedy project?
1: Sure. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine who wouldn't be fam- who wouldn't be uh, very familiar with very famous <laughs> Daniel Sheldon from Pocatello, Idaho. Uh, but I, I started doing improv when I was just a kid. I loved it, loved it, loved it my uh, theater teacher in high school was uh, kind of the improv guy for the idaho shakespeare festival i'd go see him perform all the time came to pocatello and there was this troupe called the comedy project that i kind of got familiar with my sophomore year and some of the best improvisers i've ever met were a part of it and i was super interested so i started going to their workshops and taking more lessons And then after that, I graduated college, went down to L.A., studied from Upright Citizens Brigade, nice, and loved it. That's the one thing I liked about L.A. Everything (laughs) else is just a giant shithole. No offense to anyone that still lives in L.A. It's just not my not my bag. Yeah. And then came back to Pocatello and cooked back up with the comedy project, and. Uh, started kind of bringing in some of the lessons that I had learned from from LA, some of the themes, and actually hooked us up with a coach from UCB who has been awesome, and she's she's working with us probably about two times a month just over Skype, oh, cool. which has been an entirely new experience for all of us. Yeah, that's interesting. But it's been it's a ton of fun, and that's kind of how I ended up in this way, yeah. uh, and just I. Every, everyone in, it gives a lot of input into our troop. We're a pretty small troop. There's only 8 or 10 of us, depending on how you count us. And I'm one of the few assholes in the troop that really forces us to try and go forward. And everyone else is like, but Daniel, remember the fun! Uh, so I think we balance each other very, very well in the troop.
0: Nice. Excellent. Um, so this leads me to my first question uh, that I ask. I ask this to all of my guests, and it's sort of
1: well, I'm going to give the best answer yet. Great.
0: Okay, great. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, it's a big, ambiguous question. Okay. Uh, so you can answer this however you please. Got it. Um, the question is simply, uh, what is your artistic direction?
1: Oh, man, that is a big question. I, I think we, as a, as a troupe... I think our artistic direction is just to bring good improv, and that's that's a vague answer uh, to a vague question, yeah. <laughs> but we've, we kind of view ourselves as a mix of UCB and groundlings, I think. Okay. We study most from UCB, so we focus a lot on this idea of game and hitting game and what's the funny thing in the scene. But we also have a lot of just weird characters that yeah. show up every now and then. and we're like, "This is a fun thing. Let's just play with this guy." Yeah. And it's about finding our own voice. And so we go to improv festivals um, nice. all over. and and I think we bring something different. That nobody else has really seen before It's not always great It's not always the best There are certainly (laughs) troops that are more adept than us But we bring a very specific vibe That I don't think many other troops can match
0: Uh, Can you put the vibe into words at all? Like Possibly
1: We get on such a weird group mind Where we know exactly what everyone else is thinking But we have a bad time explaining that to our audience Where every now and then we're like Oh yeah, we're all on the same page but we, we forget to communicate yeah. that. And it's just a very, very silly kind of out there vibe cool. that that people either love or hate. And there is no in between. <laughs> Most people love it. Okay. Most people love it, I think. <laughs> but there are some people that watch our long form and just go, I, I didn't get it. I didn't yeah. get what was happening. Yeah, that's yeah it happens.
0: That's awesome. Um, do, do you find that like when you're... So if you're on the same page as a as a cast and the audience is just like sort of out there as this ambiguous thing, do you try to bridge that gap at all, or is it just do you think staying on the same page as a cast will just invite the audience members who are interested into the world?
1: I think it's a mix of both. There are nights where our audience it just can't quite grasp it and there's nothing we can do about yeah. that and that's very unfortunate but at that point we have to put on the best show possible yeah. so that if two people in the audience don't get it, at least we can get the one that does yeah. and that one that does is going to die <laughs> uh, but there are certainly nights where we go okay, let's let's communicate, let's be more obvious about what we're doing to our audience and let's kind of open it up a little bit so that way they understand, we still are on the same page because I don't think I hate improv that's about, like, outsmarting the audience yeah. of, like, we're just going to be so clever and creative that no one's going to see this coming. But that's not funny. Yeah, The funny part in improv as an audience member is seeing, okay, I can see the joke they're going to do. Oh, and they get the joke and now we – no, I yeah. get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm so smart. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what we try and do is when we're on the same page and we can get the audience on the same page, we set up these jokes that – everyone knows is coming but it's still funny when they happen.
0: Yeah, because it makes the audience feel included in the... It almost, like, by extension, the audience feels as though they are on stage. and Not, like, literally, Right, but right they're right. part of the joke. But, like, they
1: could have done that joke exactly. and they're like,
0: oh, that's so great! Exactly. And that's and always
1: a fun experience as an improviser.
0: Yeah, and then you get in these beautiful scenarios where uh, I call them you-had-to-be-there
1: moments. Uh-huh. Where
0: someone tries to explain something that happened in the show later. And
1: it, it doesn't was, it work. Yeah, it's always... And, <laughs> and it's always something... Something... <laughs> So weird, and it's like, and then this dude was sucking a camel's dick, and you're like, oh wait, what?
0: Yeah. yeah how did that yeah.
1: happen? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know how it happened. It just, it was, and it was funny, and it wasn't yeah. weird. It's, uh oh, those are great moments.
0: Yeah, and it's those wonderful moments where not a single person on the cast could have made that joke. No. Like, it could have come up with the joke of someone was sucking a camel's dick. Right. Like, <laughs> like it has to be the group
1: mind, the weird group uh-huh. mind. Uh huh. Um. So uh, how, do you, how
0: often do you meet for rehearsals?
1: So we meet just once a week. Cool. Yeah, uh, a we're, we're certainly not a professional troupe. Yeah. We, we meet on uh, Tuesdays, rehearse on Tuesdays, and then we perform on Fridays. Mm-hmm. So we meet every week. We're looking to kind of expand that. Yeah. And if there is a specific form that we're looking to expand into or a new, a new opening or something like that, then we'll probably have additional rehearsals. But for the most part, we just meet uh, once a week, perform once a week.
0: Cool. Is today Tuesday?
1: Today uh, is Monday. Oh, Monday. Okay. That's <laughs> the only reason <laughs> yeah. I know that is because I looked at my com- computer and it said Monday. Um, uh, so how do you um, – in
0: those rehearsals, how do you foster a uh, – a, I guess – or how do you cultivate a culture – uh, is a term that I've been liking mm-hmm. Just in terms of leadership uh, To help that group mind uh, Sustain and hold itself
1: I, The culture of the comedy project Is so interesting Because I think that In all honesty We're friends first Troop members second Yeah, And all of us are so Ridiculously close to each other Like I spend more time At one of our troop members house Than my own house yeah. And we're just always there And we play board games every single Friday after our show. And so we know each other pretty well. And I view these people as my family. And I think because of that... It leads to this idea of mind because we're joking outside of rehearsal all the time, and then we're not afraid to experiment. And like any good family, we, of course, butt heads. There are times where I'm like, why is everyone an idiot? And then everyone goes, why is Daniel an idiot? (laughs) Uh, But I think because we're so close, we're able to vent these frustrations. And once we get it out in the open, then we go, okay – A lot of people fucked up here it's usually almost me if I'm honest Uh, and then we go okay so this is how we prevent this this is how we move forward Uh, and then we can keep fostering that good atmosphere and so when we're at rehearsal we're there we're rehearsing we're not afraid of anything we're not secluding people we're not like oh I don't want to do scenes with this guy or that girl and it's just we're there to have fun Mm -hmm. and we can also grow during these rehearsals and that's a lot of excitement to me but really it's just we're so focused on supporting each other that group mind comes easy
0: cool that's so good to hear I love hearing <laughs> that uh, um, there's
1: an interesting balance between
0: like having close knit relationships and friendships in a troupe and also like being professional mm-hmm. and like sort of I guess divvying up administrative things sure. um, do you where do you find that balance? Is that's another kind of ambiguous mm-hmm. question. But uh, is there a, is there a realm where you have to click into that sort of professional mode and like it's like okay we are friends but like right now we need to like have some sort of leadership perspective. Um,
1: yeah, I think that that's a tough thing, and that's something that we kind of have kind of caught some friction about. I would say just trying to figure out that balance, and I think that's where a lot of artistic people find that friction Mm -hmm. is that we have we want to create and we want to do this beautiful thing and no one really wants to do the paperwork Uh, and and that's kind of where where we do falter a little bit i'd say that we're friends like 85 percent of the time and then we sink that 15 percent professionalism in (laughs) we have like board meetings once a month where we just whack it out and just get everything we need to off the books okay these are the files that are done we have uh, a shout-out to our treasurer, Gabby, who does who applies for all of our grants, does all of our taxes. Right. Without her, I don't know how we would breathe, uh, but she's wonderful. And so I think that we do have that time, yeah. uh, and it's the worst time. <laughs> and we can't switch into those gears. We just much prefer to be silly, goofy, and do some improv. Yeah.
0: And that's when you inherit a leadership role, there is – one of the previous uh, interviews I did the person said don't get into artistic direction if you want to get on stage yeah Uh, because there are like there's a lot of stuff that happens outside of the stage um One of those things, and I'm really fascinated about this in in improv particularly, is notes, is the active giving of notes. Mm -hmm. How does the comedy project go about giving notes?
1: So we actually struggled with this for a very long time. It's difficult. Uh, Originally, we had kind of our senior member, uh, Ted. He'd been a part of it for God knows how long, uh, almost since the troupe's original inception back in 2005. And he was kind of the eldest, and so he was giving us most of the notes, and everyone kind of accepted that. When I came back, I tried to take that, that role of like, okay, I came back from L.A., these are things I feel pretty confident in giving notes. But it created some friction because a lot of people were like, well, you may have been to L.A., but... You're not that much more. You're like not that much better improviser than I am. So why are you giving me the notes? Yeah. And so we eventually settled on hiring that coach from LA. Okay, and so yeah. that's kind of the main reason is she's able to give us notes, uh, so that way we don't have to worry about it. And so every other week, so she'll critique us, and then we'll self critique and kind of go, okay, these are the things that she told us to work on. These are the exercises we're going to run because of it. Yeah. And so that way, we really don't have to worry much about critiquing each other. It's our coach, Tony, uh, critiques us, and we critique ourselves. And I think that that's a very lucky position to be in. For sure. Because critiquing other people when you're on the same level is so horrendous, and it never works out. Yeah. Yeah. And we've experimented with the idea of someone kind of taking a coaching role within the troupe of, I'm not going to perform, I'm just going to give notes. Uh, that hasn't come to fruition yet, but that might be something down the road. Yeah. But right now, I feel pretty good about our setup. Uh, we don't have to kind of be watching over each other. It's a lot of self-focus and getting criticism from, from our coach and just working with that.
0: Yeah, that outside perspective is uh, it's interesting
1: I don't think you can
0: fully flip into notes brain if you're in a show I agree I and so that outside perspective is crucial an idea and I'm curious to, to hear what you think about this an idea that I've encountered a few times is that if you're the artistic director of a troupe uh, you shouldn't be performing with your cast uh, and I've heard an extension that sort of takes the, uh, takes the pressure of never performing off of you where Every show should have a single director, an outside Mm -hmm. voice, like you Mm -hmm. were like you were mentioning. Do you think that would be an effective way to like saying like, okay, we're doing musical. Uh, and Stacy is going to be the one that directs musicals Because she knows what she's talking about In terms of story structure right. she's, a, she's good at musicals But she's going to take a back seat to help us all Not be on stage and then give us notes Do you think that's an effective way to say I think
1: season? that's a super effective okay. way Because yeah. uh, I think that one of the things That especially new troops struggle with Is uh, This is a leadership position This is yeah. a person that will give notes This is the person that's in charge And I think by assigning that uh, like we have a a form called Choose Your Own Adventure, which is kind of based on like the children's books of yep. old, and we we plan to have someone that is just there to watch and give notes, and that's all they do. And that way, they're the one that has the artistic vision behind it, mm-hmm. and they get to mold it however they want. Because if let's say I want it to be more of a a fast-paced, wild and crazy thing, but um, Adam wants it to be a a long, drawn-out, epic story. If we're on the same playing field, neither of those get accomplished, and instead we're just clashing heads, rather than we can have uh, Thief come out and say, hey, this is how we'd like this run. This is how I want this run. Uh, I think that's very, very effective.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm sure I, th- there's a... I have this question that I'm trying to form in my head. Okay, let's formulate it together. Yeah, okay. So when you have those two opposing uh, opinions, someone has to be decisive. Yeah. Right? When you're on the same level, you can't be decisive. But if there's an outside person, I guess like with – okay, here it is. Here it is. Got it. Got it. Love Um, it. Let's go. Yeah. Um, With a small troop, sometimes Mm -hmm. that outside person isn't viable. Right. That's right. what I'm trying to like integrate yep. into this. Um, I, I guess. Do you think there's a balance between having that outside person who can still integrate themselves into the show that's making those decisions, where it's mm-hmm. like someone needs to be a decisive decider right now, right. Uh, but then implements themselves into the show?
1: Yeah, uh, I think for small troops that is kind of a struggle, and I, we we go democratically. Mm-hmm. If uh, two thirds of us say x and one third says y we go with x yeah. and i think because of our group mind culture we're able to go okay my idea wasn't accepted let's move on yeah and i think that that's something that we've really worked towards um so that helps to dissolve most of our issues uh it's either we have an outside voice that says this is working or it's not or and i think this is more common for us of Okay, this is something that we are all, of the six of us, struggling with. Which do we go with? Yeah. Which do we focus yeah. more on? Are we focusing more on the character building in these scenes? Or are we focused more on the storytelling within these scenes? Okay, four say character, two say storytelling. Then we're going to focus on character. And those are the exercises that we're going to run. Yeah. Like last week, um, we, for example, we, we were talking. And I thought that we were still struggling with this idea of game. And we weren't quite hitting game. But everyone else thought that we needed to work more on character for our form. So we're working on character. And we're working on game another time. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to try and have more of a character-driven form nice. because that's what other people want. Yep. And so that's kind of what we're going to focus on. And we're kind of going to build this adventure together piece by piece.
0: Yeah. That's and that, that's a super powerful thing. And it shows that you trust your team a lot. Oh, it's 100%. Like, yeah.
1: I I trust these people Every single second I'm on stage, that's so I know cool. that if I if I flub up, if I space, someone's got my back. Yeah,
0: someone's swooping down to like have yeah, like lift you up. Yes, that's the whole point. Is like if everyone's lifting each other up, then you just go to this like these high heights that are off. Awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I I think that the the reason that this is successful for us is that we're never about making ourselves look funny. Yeah. Like, we will never sell each other out for a joke. It just yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah. We're all about, okay, I have no idea what you're doing, yeah. but I'm going to support the crap yeah. out of you until I do. <laughs> there, there was a scene a couple weeks ago where we're, we normally do premise-based long form. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get an idea and kind of riff on that. And this guy opened up with a scene, and I had no idea what the fuck he was doing. Yeah. But I made a bold choice, and I was like, I guess, all right, uh, this has become an organic scene. That's fine. So let's just keep exploring. And we kept exploring exploring and trusted each other and trusted that we'd find something funny, and we did. Yeah. And I think that the days where we don't – or the, the weeks where we don't succeed are when we try and just make a joke. Yeah. And I think that those are very few and far between for us. Uh, but, man, it feels so good when you know everyone else has your back. There is not a better feeling in improv than going, yeah. I'm fucking out of ideas. Yeah. And someone else goes, here's one. Yeah. And you right. go,
0: oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, so you, have a, you have an Upright systems Brigade uh, background uh-huh. and sort of uh, sensibility because you're talking about game. And that's um, actually
1: where our coach is from as well. Yeah, She's okay. currently on a UCB house team.
0: That's um, I'm, I'm fascinated by something that uh, the book, actually, the manual. Uh, you of mean the upper, Bible? The Bible, yes. The, the Bible <laughs> says. The Uprison's Brigade Bible. Um, and it's that uh, plot doesn't matter. It's like don't focus At on plot. all. Do not focus on plot. Right. Um, I'm interested because for me, from my perspective, when you're doing a form like Choose Your Own Adventure, mm-hmm. there's a plot. Like there has to be a storyline, right? You're, you're going from point to point to point. Right. Right. Um, how do you integrate that idea of game and that idea of there should be no plot into an inherently plot-based form?
1: It's crazy. <laughs> it is insanity. And here's the thing. We don't care about the plot still. Oh, cool. Because it is it is a story, and it does have like an A to B to C story. Yeah. And sometimes we'll have like an A line, B line, and we'll get it there. But we never stress about the plot, I think, is the the emphasis. I see, I see. Something's going to happen. Every scene is different. We never worry, okay, we started with this dude at a mechanic shop. We need to end with him at a mechanic shop. I see. It's we start him here. Oh, shit, now he's in New Zealand? Yeah. I guess we're going to go to New Zealand. Yeah. And so the plot doesn't really matter to us. With regards to that's not what we focus on. Mm-hmm. We know that if we can tell a story in each individual scene, that's what's going to matter. Yeah. We believe each other enough that, uh, sure, we probably focus on story in our very last scene of the night more than UCB would want us to. Yeah. But for the most part, uh, we just really focus on telling good stories within each scene and having just good, fun scenes and trusting that it'll connect somehow.
0: Yeah that's interesting because like do you think the plot will just naturally arise plot such a there's such there's so much on top of the word plot oh of course um but do you, do you think that a thing that looks like a plot would if you just trust each other and go along like it will just like sort of the audience can make their own connections as they're leaving the theater yep yeah yeah
1: that's that's our general goal and we have So the general style of it is essentially every now and then we'll say, choose. Does the person open the door on the left or open the door on the right? And we get more funny than that. But that's the general premise of it. And so a lot of those choices shape the quote-unquote plot Mm -hmm. of, okay, we went through a swamp. Okay, let's find out why. Let's explore that. And it's another device for game rather than something that gets in the way of game or something that gets in the way of character. Uh, and all of our choices and everything that we do just builds on top of one another. So if by the end of the night we don't reach a conclusion, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, like we, we try to, but if we don't, it's yeah. not the end of the world. Yeah. What we want to do is make sure that every scene is solid, every scene has as a game or characters, something enjoyable to watch at the least. And just trust each other that shit's going to happen. And (laughs) buckle up, buckaroo. Um, uh, uh,
0: Great. Um, Another thing I'm curious about, so you've been in Boise, Mm Pocatello, and L.A. Yes. Uh, Not in that order. Boise, L.A., Pocatello. Yes. Regardless, um, I'm curious because improv is a massively expanding form. It's Huge. so fascinating, yeah. actually, that like our generation, so to speak, has just like latched onto this idea so heavily that, it, and it wasn't really latched onto before. I mean, it was, it existed, but not anywhere near the uh, expanse. That it's uh, currently seeing. I No, think, not even close. Not I mean, back close. in
1: the two thousands, I think if you said improv, people were like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. Now I think most people, that even if you're not familiar with theater, you've got a general idea of what improv is, and yeah. that's a huge step forward.
0: Yeah, that's massive. And still, people spell it improve. That's that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That drives
1: me nuts. That drives me nuts.
0: Or the red, the red squiggly under improv, and like in a in a type, or and like when you're typing, it's like. It has to be. Okay, anyways, 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 I'm I'm going off course. Uh, The question I want to ask is um, where do you think in the next, like, 10 to 20 years, what do you you see improv going towards? What what are audiences going to want, and what are the improvisers that perform going to feed them?
1: I think improv is going to create new and incredible forms that no one has thought of yet. Because right now it's mostly a comedic form for the most part. Uh, And because of that, you've seen a rise of comedians in L.A. that are improvisers. Mm -hmm. Like at every audition that I went to in L.A., if it was comedic, I improv'd. Uh, They didn't call it that. They called taking it to the next level or some bullshit because you're not technically allowed to improv at auditions. Whatever. Uh, And I think improv has taken a hold of that. And I'm excited to see improv take a serious step yeah. there was a um a troupe down at the red rocks uh, improv festival and they perform down in orange county and they do a serious 30 minute set and there's a um a show down in la called this show is not funny where they just there certainly it's not like everything is like i cut my wrist because i was part of the holocaust yeah. and i my grandpa killed himself yeah but they just deal with real issues, yeah. and I think that's interesting to me. I want to see that form of improv explored more, and I think it will. I think we're going to get more things that are a more serious nature, uh, more things in different mediums, because I think podcasting has really taken off as an improv form. For sure. And I'd like to see more like Netflix improv specials. i bet better just around the corner some way, shape, yeah. or form. Uh and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Like, it's such a crazy form, and there's literally no limits on it. Yeah. Every improviser knows that every rule is not a rule. It's like the Pirate's Code. It's more of a guideline. Yeah, exactly. And it's always going to be broken.
0: Yeah, that's that's a thing that I'm interested in with the rules is... I think this was in uh, Improvise by McNapier. Mm-hmm. But uh, essentially the idea is that the rules were not created because... Uh, they saw what good improv wasn't doing. The rules were created because they saw what bad improv was doing, yes. which doesn't exclude breaking the rules
1: from good improv. Right. Yeah. I mean, even things that are simple, like I mentioned earlier, if you're asking too many questions, yeah. that can be a good thing in the hands of a good improviser, yeah. of a way to explore for more information, a way to justify, a way to figure out why. Uh, and I, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs>
0: Um, so, for a new improviser, do, do you have open rehearsals at all or in the comedy? So, mode? we have,
1: yeah. we've switched between open rehearsals and workshops. Okay. Uh, like, this this coming month we have a, a women's only workshop nice. because we are kind of a male dominated troupe. We have two women out of ten yeah. and we want to make sure that women feel included. Because I think that this is a frustrating thing for improv is that uh a lot of women kind of see traditional improv and it's just a lot of like dick jokes and women belong in the kitchen and that's not what improv is about that's not what we're about and that's very frustrating so we want to make sure that we foster a healthy atmosphere so that everyone feels included like have i made a dick joke on stage i'm guilty of that (laughs) uh but that's not what we're all about and we want to make sure that we try to not do insensitive things uh, like we play our female characters basically just like our male characters, yeah. except for they happen to be female. Yeah. Uh, I got way off track on this question. No, no, it's great. <laughs> uh, but to answer your question, we we do have uh, workshops where people can come in. We used to have open rehearsals, but we couldn't get people to come consistently enough. So every time we'd have to kind of re-explain, okay, this is why we're doing this Is a game. So now we kind of have uh, set workshops of like a 101 class. And then from there, they can audition from for the troupe. Uh, and those are a like Sundays. It's super cheap. It's like a tw- uh, $50 class for eight weeks, I think. Oh, nice. That's, so... Yeah pretty affordable we work with everybody if you're like I love improv more than life itself I just I'm totally broke we'll work with that because we really when it comes down to it we just want to spread what we love because we think it's a fun form (laughs) we think that for me and I'm not speaking for the truth but I imagine most people would agree uh, the reason why I do it is to bring smiles to people's faces yeah for sure like life's fucking hard guys <laughs> life's really fucking hard yeah. so if at the end of the week you're like I had, I had the shittiest week possible at work at least you can know you can come down to a comedy club for five bucks and have a laugh yeah exactly. and remind yourself okay life isn't that serious there is positives to it and i think that that's a pretty cool skill to share with people and that's sure. i love to share with people
0: for sure i that's one of the reasons i do it too is because it's it's weird how that escape let people seek going to the theater can lead to discovery also like self-discovery and like personal growth also yeah which is fascinating that's not the question i want to ask (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, so for the i'm just curious for the newer improviser for someone who's like starting up, just like maybe like taking one of the taking one of the workshops Uh uh-huh has done improv once or maybe not at all but maybe done it once and like didn't really see growth. Sure. What are basic points of advice that you can give to the newer improviser?
1: I think I think the most basic thing that I could give to anyone interested in improv is don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Uh, because I, I see people struggling with improv more often than not because they're afraid of big choices. <laughs> and there are of course those people that make too big a choice and you're like, whoa, calm down yeah. son, relax. Yeah. Yeah. But if if you go out on stage and you make a fool of yourself, that's fine. Like I make a fool of myself and I've been doing this thing for almost a decade yeah. and I still have scenes that just bomb. <laughs> it happens. It happen. So if you don't see growth within the first couple of weeks, keep trying. Yeah. We had a a, a guy that auditioned for the for the comedy project like four times and every time we we're like you're almost there you're almost there and he kept trying he kept trying and he eventually got in and he's seen some dramatic growth yep. uh, just because he kept at it and he wasn't afraid to fail and he wasn't afraid of criticism yeah. and he just got out there
0: and the harder you have to work to get something, I believe at least the stronger your foundation is when you get when you get there. Oh, that I, I
1: fully agree with that. Yeah, yeah,
0: because I've seen some people who like get you know on, on a team or like they get like some sort of artistic achievement really quickly, and then as they're going on, it's there might be a, a growth upwards, but there's not a growth outwards. Does that right. does that yep. metaphor does that visual metaphor make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. got you. Uh, And so it's just, like, it's fascinating to me that, like, if there's an inherent struggle within Mm -hmm. an art form that you're doing, like, when you ultimately achieve a goal, first of all, you realize that there's more to achieve after that achievement. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Like, every time
1: I'm like, you know what? I'm a good improviser. I look ahead and I'm like, oh, I have so far to go. Yeah, yeah.
0: Or that's every time I get that idea floating through my head. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty good. (laughs) I'll have a bad show. It's like yep, inevitable. Yep. It's inevitable because your ego gets inflated, and then like you're just sort of instead of just being you on stage, instead of just only being yourself as a character, you're sort of presenting a version yep. of yourself. Uh, and this is another thing I'm fascinated about in the ego, in, in ego, in theater, is how to dissolve the ego. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, are there steps that you think you you can take, or that you have taken, to like get ego, get your own self identity, ego stuff out of the way, so you can just freely do improv?
1: Yeah, there there have been because I'll be honest, I've struggled with having too big of an ego on stage. Uh, a lot of people would say that I still have too big of an ego <laughs> on stage because I'm I'm kind of aware of my of my talents, and I I certainly have so fucking far to go. But I think one thing that really, really grounds me more than anything else is knowing that once I step out on that stage, no one gives a shit about every show that I've ever done. Yeah. They give a shit about what I'm doing right there, right then, yeah. right now. Yeah. And if it's a bad scene, then it's a bad scene. And it doesn't matter. And I'm not immune to bad scenes. And so I think that's what keeps me on my toes and just going, all right, I've had a good show for four weeks, doesn't matter yeah i've got i'm I'm still right on the level with the guy that had a bad show for four weeks in a row mm-hmm. this coming week we're the exact same improviser. We still got to support each other, trust each other and build up from that for sure because maybe the only reason that I had a good show the last four weeks is because everyone else supported me. maybe it had nothing to do with me yeah uh and so I think just going out on stage and just going all right every it's a brand new form it's a brand new day and <laughs> Nothing else matters except yeah. for going out there and being open, being bold, and being supportive.
0: Yeah, another guy, a guy that I really respect, has this great quote that I like, um, which is, uh, "Everything's important, but nothing matters." I love that. Yeah, I like that idea a lot because it like holds you accountable. Still, like it, it's not just like "fuck it, I don't care," but right. just like dancing around on stage and not doing anything like it's still like it gives you a drive but it also like takes pressure away uh-huh. which uh-huh. is i think the that combo is the mark of a good improviser who's right. driven but like feels unpressured to fill any yes. specific thing yeah um great we're at about 35 minutes is there anything that we uh, have not talked about yet in terms of our uh, artistic direction or improv or just performance like leading or teaching uh that you
1: want to talk about uh, yeah. I will say one of the most interesting things is the town that we're in. Yeah. So we're in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, Pocatello, Idaho, a town of about fifty thousand people. Uh, it has a university, and if it didn't have the university, it'd have about thirty thousand people at yeah. it, maybe. Yeah. And we're a pretty religious community. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, it's a very, very big LDS population. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's hard to kind of counter that from an artistic perspective of – because we're not a family-friendly show. We say everyone – we're a PG-13 show. Yeah. So we're not going to drop the F-bomb in every scene, but we might say shit one or two times. Yeah. And there might be scenes with sexual innuendo. And kind of having that struggle, because we've had shows where – like, we, we play a game called I Like My Women every now and then, yeah. which is a very, very heavy sexual innuendo yeah. game. Yeah. And it's utter nonsense, and it's very silly, but we played one of those games, and we heard back, and we are like, you took it too far, is what we heard. And we went, okay, so let's reevaluate this. Yeah. And so we've we've kind of taken it and you never want to censor yourself especially in improv. Mm-hmm. You never want to be in your head of like, okay, I can't I can't say shit. I can't say shit. I can't say shit like I just did three times. <laughs> but you also can't go I'm just going to whip my dick out on stage. Yeah. You have to find that line and especially in a community we, we've had to kind of find our niche audience in a in a way mm-hmm. and that's been an interesting endeavor for us is We recently had a uh, kind of after-hours show, in air quotes, where we went – so our normal show is at 8 o'clock and this show ran at 10 o'clock. And we said no holds barred, uh, R-rated show possibly – we didn't want to kind of create this presentation of, okay, we're going to say fuck all the time, yeah. but we were able to.
0: Yeah, the options there. Yeah.
1: And we heard tremendous response. We heard people say that it was one of our best shows they've ever seen. Oh, wow. And so it's interesting because we've heard both of like, please go further and you're pushing the limits already. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that is interesting about a small town is that you have to kind of create... Both of those niches. Yeah. So I think one of the things that we're excited to explore is this idea of, okay, what if we do have kind of an adult team and a PG-13 team? Because we have members of our troupe that are uh, LDS, a little more conservative, that don't really appreciate that humor as much. And then we have people like myself that really appreciate that humor. So that's something that's kind of been a struggle for a a small-town improv troupe, but it's been... Really rewarding because we get people that come out of the ward work and they're like, oh, thank God someone's out there. Yeah. And we have a surprisingly artsy community here in Pocatel that I'm very thankful for. We have three different active theaters, and then we have the university, which has an incredible theater program. Absolutely amazing. And so it's it's so interesting because you hear people talk about how conservative it is, and then you come to one of our shows, and there's people that are laughing at the fact that I just stuck a dildo up some dude's butt. And it's like, I okay, yes, that's yes, what happens. Down. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a that's
0: uh, i I've, I've never really had that balance to strike, which is interesting. Is that when you have an artistic team you have to give credence to the audience yes but you also if if you so it's like it's like you have to there's a sliding scale between mm-hmm. like what you as an artistic team or as an artistic director want to do and what the audience wants you right do. and if you slide all the way to yourself then uh you're completely alienating your audience and what's the point and what's the point and if you slide all the way to the your audience then it's just like you're just giving them what they want and it's stale yeah um, and
1: also What's the point? Yeah, what's
0: the point? Exactly. Um, because then then you're not challenging them. Right. Like, that, that's an interesting idea, especially in improv, because I feel like improv isn't inherently a challenging form. It's actually one of the most, like, friendly, open forms. Yeah. Because it's like, we're just making... It's funny, yuck, yuck, make them make yep. ups. <laughs> yep. Um, I guess, to end... to My final question shall be... Okay. Uh, how do you think you can make improv challenging but not alienating?
1: I think it's by... S- s- slowly adding in interesting details okay cool like maybe maybe we won't like we'll never have a show that's just like fuck trump even though that's what most of us feel within our troop but we might throw in like a trump joke and then we'll counter it like i think one of the things that we do really well is social commentary Mm -hmm. and we had a scene a while ago where it was it was making fun of this guy who could get distracted by minorities getting rights and so we just send him <laughs> off by, like, there's women over there that are getting voting. And he'd, like, sprint off stage. And I think kind of shining really that fun. light onto society is one of the things that improv can do very well yeah. and very quickly and very immediately. Where if there's something in the news, we can take that and make fun of it. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that comedy has done really, really well recently with, like, the rise of, like, Last Week Tonight, The Daily Show, Stephen Colbert is that comedy challenges people's ideals. Mm -hmm. Comedy challenges, okay, um, I'm pro-Trump, but why are they making this joke? It makes them think. Or maybe it's the other way. Maybe it's, okay, they made a joke about Hillary Clinton. Why? Uh, And I think it just broadens people's ideals. And of course there's going to be people that just shut off and go, well, this isn't funny. And that's going to happen. But I think with improv, we can slowly, piece by piece, add in, okay, so this is something you may not have thought of. This is something that may have challenged you. The idea of sexuality maybe you've never thought of, but this character is a very sexual person but not in a in like a perverted manner. They're just happy with their sexuality. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's something that improv can really explore and we can have a, a fun, fun yuck-em-up scene and then kind of slap in something yeah. that's political commentary and people will go, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And then we can go back to the up scene So they're not just transfixed on that But maybe they go home and they think about that And I think by slowly just adding in those things Day after day uh, I I firmly believe that improv and theater Can change the world Mm -hmm. And I think that's one way to do it. Yeah. It's inch by inch and day by day.
0: Yeah, and it's individual by individual. The Absolutely. audience is not this writhing mass of like ambiguous dark no. faces. they they're individual people all having individual experiences.
1: Yeah, and one person may get that and to th- go home and think yeah. about it, and one person may just go fuck that. And yeah, both Whatever. are okay. Yeah, what yeah. Do you man. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah, and that's. Yeah, I. I also. I really think uh, laughter disrupts the train of thought uh-huh. after is like one, I think one of the most visceral things a human being can experience actually, because like, if you really fu- like experience something that you find funny, it's you, like, you don't even think about laughing. It's not like, no. it's not like your brain is like time to laugh at this funny thing. It right. just like happens. Um, and I think there's something about that that stops the train of thought mm-hmm. and causes it to restart again. So when you present an idea like that in a funny fashion, it like, it, yeah it's, i don't think it's like people are going to be like well everything i've thought is wrong um, no, no no no, not at all <laughs> but it might be like it might be like okay at least i'm seeing a new perspective slightly now yes and that's, that's how i think that's how you really that's how theater changes the world because i agree yeah. i agree a hundred percent like performance and art changes the world even in the smallest of ways but that
1: is still changing the world yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that anybody, I'm not arrogant enough to think that somebody goes home and is like, oh, you're right. Yeah. I Everything I've ever thought about, about uh, being a conservative or being a liberal is wrong. Yeah. Like that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. But maybe they go home and they go, oh, I mean, I guess that dude really was just gay and he didn't really want anything else. He was just yeah. gay and that didn't really <laughs> change his personality. Like maybe it's just something small like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Um, that is a great note to end on. Daniel, if anyone is looking for you or uh, The Comedy Project online, uh, do you have any plugs uh, that you can
1: give? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so we are The Comedy Project on Facebook. We are at Comedy Project on uh, social or on Twitters. Nice. Nice. And then. Grab
0: that handle. That's good. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not the comedy project, yeah. keep in mind. It okay. is just comedy project. But still, I
0: would imagine someone else would have gotten that at some point. Yes.
1: Nice. Yeah. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter if you want. I'm at uh, Stormrage23HS. underscore <laughs> I do a uh, Hearthstone podcast Which oh. is why I do that Oh cool Yeah cool. so It's spelled S-T-O-R-M R-A-I-G-E Numeral 2-3 Underscore H-S It is a mouthful And obnoxious But I have a lot of fun on it
0: Yeah uh, And if people are interested uh, Is your podcast out yet? Yeah We actually okay. had our
1: first episode Released just a couple weeks ago It's okay. uh, uh, Blizzlet And so Go ahead and check it out On iTunes Awesome
0: And then I love Ending the podcast with this can you give me one recommendation of anything at all? A book, a movie, uh, something to eat, a way of life, a quote, anything?
1: Uh, check out My Brother, My Brother, and Me. It's nice. an advice show for the modern nice. era. It's a podcast. Yeah, I love and, that show. And uh, the McElroy Brothers give, make me laugh hysterically every time. Their uh, other podcast, The Adventure Zone, has made oh. me cry from their storytelling abilities. Oh. If you want good improv... Silly, uh, silly stuff, and stuff that'll tug at your heartstrings. Check out those too. Yeah,
0: I'll add on top of that. Just like find anything, Griffin McElroy is doing in his. Oh my god, he's himself. an
1: amazing human being and <laughs> too good for this world.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Daniel, thank you so much for sitting down with me, especially on such short notice.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. I I will talk to anyone about uh, my craft, and especially another improviser. Yes. This is Seriously. amazing. Seriously.
0: Um, You can find this podcast uh, on Facebook and SoundCloud and iTunes. It is the Artistic Director with Jacob Alexander-Ferg. And listener, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have an excellent rest of your day.
1: Yeah, me too.